it's time to start. It's 10 o'clock, everybody. If you're not here, you better speak up now forever hold the peace. I guess if you're not here. Hey, I know it's cold outside, but it's warm in the heart, isn't it?
from Japan. Remember our services Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, excuse me, 6.30 this Wednesday, next Sunday with, uh, with uh, our regular services. One announcement I want to emphasize to you this morning is our faith promise convention that the church has weekend will be February the 10th and the 11th. Uh, our speaker is coming to us from uh, Florida, and he says he wants to make good use of his time here with us in those two days. And so uh, I, I really, this might be the most important weekend since I've been here to be present for, because I think some visioning and some, uh, and, and, and some uh, our faith promise understanding our mission as a church is so vitally important and uh, so uh, we are inviting you know uh, you to come on a Sunday or Saturday morning at 9 o'clock that's a TBA to be announced if you want to come I'm not sure where that's going to be but we got a month to consider that there will be a carry in supper that Saturday night and then Sunday the 11th the uh, Sunday school classes and the We'll meet in the fellowship hall, and then our faith promise service at 10 o'clock. Again, this is probably a, a weekend that you really don't want to miss. If you, if you are committed and invested in this church in any way, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about with your time and with your, your commitment, this is probably a good Sunday for you to be present. And uh, so I just want to emphasize that to you this morning. Please mark that on your calendar. God is good and God is faithful, isn't he? Would you stand with us as we sing, Great is thy faithfulness.
saying about somebody that threatened your life. And the church was going through persecution, and it was so easy for, uh, for the church to fall back and to lose their zeal for the Lord and to lose their excitement for the Lord. And so the writer of Hebrews thought it was very important for them to get a picture of why they believed what they believed. Why they was a Christian, why they called themselves a, a Christian. And so the writer in this text, there's at least 14, let us, uh, statements that are put in the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at some of these today and also the next coming weeks. But I want to remind you, church, that in our culture today, there is persecution out there. There is some questioning of why do we believe what we believe? Why do we practice going to church? Why do we study God's Word? I mean, you read it once, isn't that good enough? Uh, uh, you know, and we have question marks, that, you know, of our faith sometimes we even doubt it. And so I want to go through these scriptures to remind you, as this writer states in so many places, says, let us, that we are in this together. You know, no one is an island. Someone once said that. I'm going to write a poem on my that. Was that John Dunn that wrote that? I think somebody, too many English speakers, correct me. Was that John Dunn? No man is an island. Well, I should have looked that up before I came in here, shouldn't I? It just came to me. Hey, but we are all in this together. This church will not go on one person or one ministry. This church will not grow when uh, a few of them are, are doing the work. We are all in this together. Your faithfulness is important. Let us, together is the writer of Hebrews says. Let us come together. Today we're going to talk about three let us statements that are in our text this morning from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. We're going to talk about let us enter into that rest we're going to talk about let us hold firmly to what we believe and let us enter before God's throne. These are encouragement statements. Now the writer of Hebrews could have made commands, but he uses encouragement as a motivation for a deeper Christian life. That's my desire. I'm not up here to tell you how to live. I'm not up here to give you commands, but I'm here, God's called me here to encourage you to be motivated into a deeper Christian life than where you're at now. We want to walk in what has been provided for us in Christ. And in the first few chapters of Hebrews, the writer describes for us who Jesus is. What he has done for us. That he has put all things in subjection under his feet. And that he is able to come to the aid of all who are tempted. So we're going to look at this for the next few weeks. If you have your Bibles, you might want to look at the, some of the let us careful if you're keeping notes. However, it's not in your, your, your worship folder. Hebrews chapter 4, 4, 1. Let us be careful. Hebrews 4, 11. Let us make every effort. 
Hebrews 4.14, let us hold firmly. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne. Hebrews 6.1, let us leave the elementary teachings. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near to God. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how to spur one another on. It's not by using spurs either. Hebrews 12.1, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Hebrews 12.2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12.28, let us be thankful. Hebrews 13.13, let us go to him outside. In Hebrews 13.15, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. So let us read today. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience, talking about the Israelites through the wilderness. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, above joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. As a Christian, we need to understand what true rest is. For many of us, living the Christian life and going to church has been obeying the rules, doing what's expected by different ones, whether it be parents or by a spiritual parents within the congregation. And this was one of the issues that the early church had, as many of them, as said this was a second generation church, they were starting to go back to before Christian life. And that was one where the Jews had to go through so many rituals and so many times of prayer and so much uh, 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 sacrifices and they had to, to offer their lives and, and they there was a certain way that, that the Jewish people from the Old Testament had been, had been instructed to live. When we come to Christ the scripture talks to us this morning about Jesus Christ being our great high priest. That we do not have to go through some sacrifices 
that we don't have to go through uh, what such and such says we've got to do as a Christian. Uh, it, it, it's, it is, uh, was kind of comical. I was talking to our great promise speaker the other day. He says, he said, Dan, can I ask you one thing? He said, he said, do what? Do they have, did that church want, want me to wear a tie? And I said, nope. I said, I wore one for, 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 for three weeks and somebody said, would you get rid of that tie? And I got rid of my tie. But there's certain things that we think are associated with the Christian life. And for many of us, we try to, to, to live by those commands that are, are given to us. But the, in the New Testament, we have been uh, 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 come into a relationship with the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, 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 you don't go through your parents, you don't go through your kids, you don't go through your grandparents, and may I say this, you don't go through, uh, through the Virgin Mary, you don't go through church attendance, you don't go through singing a song or even reading your Bible every once in a while. We are invited by the great high priest to enter his rest. Now I want to talk about just for a moment what that rest is. He says, let us then, let us together come together in this. God values rest because in Genesis we read that God worked for six days and then what did he do? He rested. How many of you like that word rest? How many of you practice it? <coughs> you practice it? Butch lets you practice rest? My goodness. You are blessed. Rest is pleasing to God. And too much, and, and, and as, a, as an early Christian, I, in, in my youth, I was always told I had to do certain things to be a Christian. I found as I have matured and understand what God's talking about, God is not talking about a physical rest. He's talking about a spiritual rest where we know that we know everything's okay with us and God. Is everything okay with you and God this morning? I want you to know this morning, let us enter this rest. You know what, you know what rest brings? Rest brings peace. Rest brings peace. Grace. I'm so glad for the grace of Jesus Christ, aren't you? Hey, something we don't deserve, but God gave it to us anyhow. Let us enter that rest. Be reminded that we don't need to struggle in our Christian life. It's not a it, it's, it's, it's not a trip in, you know, failing or not failing. It is abiding and living in the rest that Jesus gives us. The Old Testament wrote, be still and what? And know that I am God. Hey, it's, all, it, it's time for us to rest. To stop our labors and our trying to be right with God. To our resting in God knowing that everything's alright because of his sacrifice on the cross. That as we go directly to the great high priest Jesus Christ, we're not dependent upon anything else but his grace and but his and but his joy. We enter rest by faith. Some this idea of faith, and I really hope, I stress to you that you'll try to come up the weekend of our faith promise 
weekend because it's going to be it's going to be about a, a, a total church program rather than just one program. It's going to be about letting us as we work together in faith. You know, without faith, sometimes we try to rely upon our works to be all right with God. You know what that does? It just makes us bloom and tired. You get your mind on, on, on I got so many things I got to do, and the, the Lord's not pleased with you. I want you to know that there is grace, that we can rest in His grace, something that we don't deserve, but He gives it to us in the end. So the writer of Hebrews says, Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him from Psalms chapter 37, verse 7. How do we rest? We rest in his promises. When I was a kid, I was, in, I was involved in the, I was the little, uh, the guy in a wedding, you know, one of the little guys, and they get to somebody to pull the white thing down the aisle for the bride to, to walk down, you know. I was the, what do they call it, waiver on another column of a what? Not the ring bear, the guy that pulls it down. No, whatever it is. Anyhow, I gotta be that guy. I was young, I was six or seven years old. And I just thought it was so neat that I was included in that wedding. And so, you know, when you have a wedding, you always if you're you're an attendant of some type, you always get a little gift. And I still remember the gift that I was given to that wedding. And it was a little plastic blue box. And it was titled Precious Promises. <clears throat> and in that box, it had all different kinds of promises that are in the book. And you know, I, I, I remember it was my Sunday school teacher that gave me that little box of promises. And there was, there was over, I think there was a one per day that she had showed me how to use it. Pull one out. Read it. Let it take, let it, you know, let your mind dwell on it, and then put it to the back, and next year you get to start all over again. Called Precious Promises. I still remember one of the reasons why I am uh, familiar with a lot of scripture is because I memorize a lot of those precious promises that God has given us. And one of the ways that we can rest in Christ this morning is to rest on his promises. Is there any promise? That God has let you down on. Oh, from a from a from a, uh, a perspective of humanity, sometimes we say, "Well, God didn't give me what I asked for." Bless His heart. <laughs> my parents didn't give me a lot of things that I asked for. Bless my heart. But you know what? God knows what's best for your life and for my life. And the promises he has is very personal for you. Every promise in the book is yours. Every word, every phrase, I don't know the rest of that song, but there's a song that goes like this. My mind is scattered this morning. But I want you to know that every promise is for you. And it's for me. And we rest in those promises. And we believe them by faith. Even though when it doesn't seem like there are prayers are being answered, God is answering our prayers. God is answering our needs. The lack of rest sometimes demonstrates our lack of trust in God. You see, our walk with God is by 
and to trust his promises is to rest in his promises, knowing that they are his promises and that he never lets us down in his promises. The promises are of Christ are the word of God. And they're not the preacher's words or a Sunday school teacher's or a parent's word. They are the word of God, the divine word of God that God gave to us. The word of God that grants us inherent authority to be able to speak and to believe. The word, living, the, the word of God that is living and sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, there used to be uh, a, a, a conversation on a difference between the spirit and the soul. I'm not here for a, a, a uh, theological debate on anything. I don't think I have all the answers to that. But the, the soul, you know, we think uh, is that which uh, goes on through eternity. And, and, and but the spirit is that which we live in now, as well as in the future. And, and someone said, well, the soul and the spirit are the same. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go that conversation. But the word of God, as the scripture says this morning, that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that is able, able to divide the soul and the spirit. I think of that often about a, a, a surgeon that does surgery upon, in our bodies and how carefully every cut and every, every, everything has got to be done to precision. As many surgeries that are done are life-preserving life surgeries. You know, God always does perfect surgeries upon each of us. And we got to have confidence in that. We gotta believe that. Some of the things that I have not liked in God, I've complained to God. Have you? I don't like what you did there, God. And God reminds me, hey, he's faithful to his promises. And I need to rest in his promises. Rest in God's promises. What is God's word been saying to you? What promises have you been meditating? Well, we need to rest in his provisions. Rest in his provisions. You know, one of the, 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 the psalms that we all know, from Psalms 23, says, The Lord is my... Now, do y'all believe that? The Lord is my shepherd. Personal life. Dan shepherd. I shall not want. Why not? Because his provisions for me, he knows exactly what I need. He knows how much energy I need. He knows how much time I need. He knows how much money I need. He knows what kind of relationships I need. You see, we have promises and God's provisions that we have exactly what we need today. And you say, Pastor John, I don't have what I need today. Well, maybe you need to rest in his promises this morning. Rest in his provisions. Rest in the word of God. The Lord knows what kind of shepherd you need this morning. He knows where the green pastures are. 
some of us have even crossed, even as we are here this morning. He knows about the rod and staff that we need to guide us. He knows where the table is, that he is prepared for us, even in the presence of our enemies. And he knows how to lead us. Through, with surely goodness and loving kindness following us all the days of our life. Rest in his promises. Rest in his provisions. It's a spiritual application that we allow as we allow the word of God to do work within our lives. It's a spiritual application that cleanses us. That the word of God is able to, to cleanse us out. Somebody said, said uh, as I was uh, reading uh, one of the Commentaries, and it said, uh, when was the last time that God knocked you out? And he was saying that in a positive way, is that when the word of God speaks, it speaks to every area of our life. He doesn't stop with the mind or stop with the body. Then he works, the, 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 the word of God helps our emotions, helps our moods. I like what uh, Paul wrote in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit. We know there was love, joy, peace. That's all a part of the Word of God as we rest in Him and His promises and in His provisions. It uncovers the things that God is not pleased with. Well, as we rest in the Lord, we also rest in His faithfulness. Did you know that God knows you? Did y'all hear that? God knows you. God knows you. He sees you. And my God can see you and me through. What are you going through in your life that is maybe perhaps difficult this morning? I want you to know the same God that is a God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and David. So many prophets in the Old Testament and, and, and the God of the New Testament, the early church. He's the same God that we worship today and he is always faithful. He's always on time. God always loves us no matter what we're going through. The Bible even says that he understands what we're going through because he's walked and understands the temptations that we've gone through. God is faithful. He's faithful to deliver us from our warring spirits, from our questions about life, from our difficulties, from our diseases, afflictions. God is faithful to help us understand it. Those psalmists says, we'll understand it better by God. By God. So as a result of resting in the Lord, the scripture goes on and he says, let us then hold fast or firmly to our confessions. Do you ever want to give up? I ask these questions and I get a blank stare sometimes because I know many of you have been Christian for a long time, but I still think you all are human beings and there are some times that we just get tired and we just want to throw up our hands and give up. I'll wash my hands in that situation. You know that God never gives up on us. 
the confessions that we are resting in the Lord. We are resting in His promises. We are resting in His provisions. We are resting in His faithfulness. Let us hold fast to our confessions. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Again, I want to remind you, this is let us. We are to do this as a family. We are to do this as a church. To do it together. To learn together, to grow in the Lord together. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Now, in your uh, worship folder this morning, on the back of the notes, in the bottom part of it is what we call the Apostles' Creed. Now, what the Apostles' Creed was, was in the early church, every time that the church would come together, they would remind each other of what they believed because of what the writer of Hebrews said. Let us consider, let us confess of what we believe. I ask sometimes, what do we know? What do we understand about God? Well, they put together these words. These are the essential beliefs of the Christian. Not only in days gone by, but days today. And I want us today to confess what we believe. Can we do that together? Let us this morning. Y'all see it on the on your notes on the back this morning? I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Yes, say it with me. Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Do you believe this this morning? Again, this was a confession in the early church. That when they came together, they would say these things together to remind them what, what race they were in. Remind them of whose they were to remind them of their rest in his promises and provisions and his faithfulness. Resting in confidence of God's presence and grace. Verse 16. Let us therefore draw near with confidence. How confident is your faithfulness? Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Folks, as children of God, as a child comes to their parents, we as children of God can come boldly to our daddy in Romans writes, and uses the word, we cry out, Abba, 
dead. We have confidence to go to our Heavenly Father, who is our, our Daddy. We, he is our Father. We are His child, and we can come boldly. There were certain times in my life that I would go to my dad and ask him for something, and he would say, no. There were times that I would go to my daddy and ask for something, and sometimes he would say, we'll see about it. And then there were times when we were on the same level, and I would ask for something that was in need. He'd say, yes. When I was a kid, I had horses. The first horse that I had, I was still learning about how to take care of a horse, how to take care of a bridle and saddle, the gear that goes with riding a horse. And one day I was out, I riding my horse, and I had ridden it for quite, quite a while. And she was sweating, and. I got off the horse a little bit, you know, to kind of give the horse a break. And what happened then is somehow, some way, that that saddle came loose and it slid underneath the horse uh, onto the horse's belly. And the horse stood there through minutes. Then all of a sudden, my horse went crazy. Went crazy. I mean, jumped up and down. I had never seen her buck before. She was bucking all over and she did not stop till she had torn the living daylights out of that saddle. Now, I don't know about you, but do you know how expensive saddles are? They're not easy to come by. Marlon likes to buy saddles, I'm sure. But I, so I didn't have a saddle, so I was, had to go start walking, riding bareback. I got to be pretty good bareback. But one day I said, Dad, I said, you know, I, we really need a good saddle for the horse, because he likes to ride too. And he said, yeah, son, he said, we'll, we'll see about it. The day went by, and he didn't bring a saddle the next day. Another day went by, he went by a couple weeks, no new saddle. And frankly, I'd just kind of given up on it. And uh, for my birthday, it was about six months later, one day he said, Dan, I got some stuff. I can go out in the car and get some stuff to bring into the house. And I said, Oh, Dad. He said, He said, I told you to go to the car. That was my dad. And uh, I said, Oh, okay. So I put my coat on, went outside. And as I got inside, I looked at the back seat, and there was a brand new sack. Now, I really think it's because he, he didn't like riding the back. I think he liked the sack. But anyhow, he asked for my prayer for a saddle, and I was so proud of that saddle. And I went and I rode that right horse in the parade with that brand new saddle, and I won first place to show my fine horse with this brand new saddle. Now, I'd say all that to say this. Did I really need that saddle? Well, yes and no. <laughs> Could I continue to go on bareback? Yes and no. But you know, my father saw that I needed it. And so he would have gotten a new saddle. In due time. Huh? In due time. In due time. In yeah. due time. And you know, that's the way it is with our Heavenly Father sometimes. 
is sometimes no, you don't need it. And sometimes maybe, and sometimes yes, in due time. And I want you to know that we have a great, wonderful Father that we can rest in this morning. It's not by your diligence. It's not by how much time or how much money you got. What matters to God is your faithfulness and willingness to serve Him and to be called a child of God. And He simply desires for us to rest in Him, in His grace, which is sufficient. Do you remember? Do you remember Peter's, or excuse me, Paul going to God and said, God, I ask you that you take away this thorn of my flesh. I want it done now. He says, I asked three times, God, and you still haven't answered my prayer. What's the matter? And then he says, I, I realize what God was saying. And his grace was sufficient. I want you to know whatever you know with me this morning, wherever you're at in your spiritual life, God's grace is sufficient. Rest in him. Rest in his love, his grace, his peace, his joy today. You continue to serve him. Hold your head up, people. You are children of God. You have nothing to be ashamed of. You're a child of the creator of the universe. And he has his hand upon you. May God bless you as we continue next week in letting us. Read ahead with me. Go, go ahead in the scriptures of Hebrews and pick out the let us that the pastor ought to be speaking let us go and as we go to this place, united to love one another, to encourage one another, to be the best for God's name in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Can we rest in you this morning? Thank you that you told us in the word to be diligent to come into the rest. And it's really important that you rest in that our faith is firm. That we know our profession, our confession of our faith. We know in whom we believe. Lord, help us to realize the importance of us on this journey together. You called us to grow together and work together and worship. Lord, I pray this morning that there be someone this morning that perhaps is, 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 is a little more torn from life this morning. Perhaps there are those that are, have questions in their mind. Lord, perhaps, Lord, we've gone to you and you've said no and we don't understand. But Lord, help us to rest in your grace this morning. Forgiveness of sin, the mercy that you showed us, even though while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Teach us your ways, Lord. Let us rest as we serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. you stand this morning? Only trust in this is a an old tune, an old song. Thank you.
Lord Jesus Christ your Savior this morning? And he will save you. He will save you. Rest in him. And rest in his peace and business. May the Lord's face shine upon you. So much. I see, I, I see God's favor on our life. And upon our church in so many different ways. But let his face shine on you. It shines through you. Mm -hmm. The glory of the Lord.